So welcome, everybody, to Rugged Matrix America College Edition. That was the Arkansas State University loyalty song bringing us in, and, and obviously there's an obvious reason for that. And we'll go into that a little bit more in detail. But right now, this is Alex Goff with RugbyMag.com, along with our regular set of uh, co-hosts in Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean. And guys, we had a... Uh, Interesting group of games going on in uh, in this week in college rugby as we get into April and get into the warmer weather, although it's lousy weather here in Northwest and about you guys. And we, we're, we're looking now at, at where people are, where college premier teams are going in terms of whether they're going to make the playoffs or not. And I think we'll find in our discussion today that, as predicted, we know the top two. We know the top two in most of these uh, most of these conferences. Let's have a quick rundown of the scores just to help us get some context. Friday night, uh, BYU beat Wyoming 123-3. to Ray Forrester scored, I think, four tries in that one. And, Pat, you, uh, you predicted that that was going to be the biggest, uh, biggest blowout so far of the season, and it, and it was. And then uh, Saturday, Navy uh, beat Penn State in a battle of undefeated teams, 29-12. Uh, Blake Taylor got two tries in that one. Uh, Texas A&M, 13-6 over Notre Dame. And uh, actually, it was Michael Mills for Texas A&M. He scored all of their points. Central Washington, 36. UC Davis, 25. Much closer than people might have expected, I think. Utah, 48. Arizona, 19. And uh, Utah's scrum half, Sione Lauti, Scored 16 points for Utah in that one. Uh, Arizona State 40 to 10 over Colorado State. Uh, Army 32, uh, Dartmouth 23. That was an interesting one. Chris Downer scored all three tries for uh, for Dartmouth, and uh, but they were all a little bit too late in the game for him. And and Army got pretty much all their points by by the 50 minute mark, 5-0. So interesting. I, I I'm not exactly sure how that. That went down later in the game. Uh, the big one, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to be calling the big one, Arkansas State 28, Life University 26 in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Certainly going to talk about that a little bit more. Tennessee 37 to 22 over Oklahoma. Mason Howard, wing for Tennessee, got three tries. Uh, St. Mary's 57 to 17 over Cal Poly. And uh, Tim Maupin, three tries for St. Mary's. Cal, 100 to nothing over UCLA on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they turned around and made it 62 to 7 over Claremont Colleges with uh, kind of a different lineup. And then Kutztown University, 68 to 24 over Ohio State. And Air Force, 36 to 15 over Colorado, perhaps a little bit of an upset. Uh, and hey, Pat Clifton, uh, the big game. Was that Arkansas State Life University? I don't think there's really much doubt about that. No, not at all. Not at all. And it, it turned out to be a pretty close one as well. Obviously, um, uh, it didn't start out that way as, as Arkansas State uh, got out to an 18-5 halftime advantage and extended that to a 25-5 advantage shortly after the half with a Patrick Sullivan try. But uh, 
uh, life, you know, scraped back into it. Roland Evans got a yellow card. You know, life was able to uh, to put a couple scores up. Garrett Lambert and Cam Dolan both came up big in the uh, beginning to middle stages of the of the second half to pull them back in, and they got within. They came back to with one converted score uh, of being up, and then Patrick Sullivan uh, hit a uh, a penalty kick to to put it out of reach, and and Sullivan ended up scoring 16 of uh, Arkansas State's 28 points to win 28-26. Um, but yeah, it was a, a very, a very close game and life has kind of gotten to slow, got off to slow starts, um, in three of their games now, um, against LSU, against Texas A&M and, and again against Arkansas State, come back in the second half and, and put their points together and put their game together and, and really make a, a run here. And they even outscored, uh, they scored more tries than our uh, Arkansas State did on the day, scoring four to Arkansas State's three, but Patrick Sullivan's boot was fantastic. So, uh, he, he walks away with three penalty goals and and uh, a try and a couple of conversions and probably the uh, the player of the week in the mid south. Yeah, I think that's 18 points if I added that up correctly. Uh, the the thing about it is that uh, a lot of coaches tend to you know if they win a game and it's it may be a little bit closer than you'd expected they say well they scored a couple of tries at the end and but I don't think that Arkansas State looks at that and just shrugs and says we had that game they almost lost it because life is good enough to come back in the last uh, 20 minutes. So it's not, it's not a case of that I, I think Arkansas State probably t- took their foot off the gas. I think it's just life kept working at it. Well, I, life has proven to be better in the second half this entire season. And Matt Huckabee said that they knew that going in, that through the footage and everything they've watched, that life was a second-half team, and they proved it again. And yes, that they, you know, they did it with Arkansas State having one man on the on the bench uh, or in the sin bin, but they still did it. And they, they were within, you know, five minutes to go, they were within seven points, one converted try of uh, of winning the game. So without a doubt, uh, this is a case of two very, very good teams playing each other. And, you know, life is young. Life is the young version of Arkansas State. Uh, they, they've got, I think I counted six upperclassmen in the entire roster, um, whereas Arkansas State has, you know, lots of great upperclassmen, including Roan Farr and Rowan Evans, uh, both seniors. And uh, <laughs> this is a very good game. And, you know, Dan Payne walks away with this game thinking, you know, we had a chance to win it. We should have won it. Um, you know, if these guys got a rematch somewhere in the playoffs, it would be fantastic to watch for sure. The other big game, it was Navy, Penn State, both teams were undefeated, and Navy comes away 29-12 winners. And uh, the the entire back row for Navy scored at least one try, and a couple of them were just uh, just bulldog kind of tries. Blake Taylor just carrying players over the line with him. I think Navy wanted to make a statement in terms of taking control physically in that game and and they probably did and they also wanted to make a little bit of a statement that yeah they may have had perhaps two of the easier games to start their season but they can play a little bit of rugby and they do they'll do all right and i asked i've asked a couple of guys at navy if they're circling the uh april 30th match with army and they say no no they're not because you know that would be dumb they'd be looking past other games but uh, I am I think Army Navy uh, this will not only be a great game because Army Navy is always a lot of fun but I, this will be the first time in uh, I, I, I actually have to look to see if, if how long it's been since Army and Navy have played each other 
for something other than just pride. Yeah, Mike. I, I talked to Mike Flanagan about that very thing yesterday, the head coach of Navy, and he said this isn't uh, this isn't your mother's Navy. This is so he really likes his team, and I, I think that they might be catching Army on a, just a slight bit of a down year. But yeah, I, I talked about the, the possibility of that game, and there's a lot of rugby to be played between now and then. But you could very possibly be looking at undefeated Army versus undefeated Navy for the title of the East. How great would that be, Bruce McLean? What, what are you seeing, and uh, you know, especially um, in in light of some of these uh, closer games, some of these more competitive games coming out? I, I think that with the Life Arkansas State game, uh, all points count. The game is played for 80 minutes. You can say that I scored a try early on a block kick, or I scored a try late on a breakaway. It doesn't matter. Everything counts. The, 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 every point that's scored in the 80 minutes counts. So. You know that that I think that life is probably ruling the fact that they they probably could have been in that game, and I think that one of the reasons Arkansas State might have had a little bit of an advantage is that they've kind of been these have been in the Sweet Sixteen before, they've been in the in the Elite Eight, they've been in the Final Four, they kind of know exactly how to deal with tough games, and 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 they've played in tough games, whereas life really is pretty new to this whole situation, and I think that. I think that they're going to be a better team for it, and I think Arkansas State's going to be a better team for it. <clears throat> so I think that that was that was excellent, and, and probably you know the home team won by two points. And, and they say that home teams, home field advantage, usually worth about three points. So in and of itself, that seems like a very very evenly matched game, and it'll be great to see that all the time. Navy, hey, in fairness, we haven't talked about Navy, and Navy went and and they're forcing us to talk about them now. That's for certain, and 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 that's a massive win against Penn State. I, I and I also think that the uh, Army Dartmouth game. I mean, I, I had given Dartmouth a little bit of crap last week or a couple weeks ago about the fact that they didn't have necessarily a great result against against Rutgers, and they came and they played Army tough. You know, really, they were within a within a penalty kick of getting a bonus point there. And and the other game that I look at that, that kind of solidified the West and, and unless a miracle happens is Utah beating Arizona relatively comfortably forty eight to nineteen. That kind of locks that up as Utah and Arizona. I mean it's BYU and um and you can one and two in that bracket. And I you know and I think that Central Washington w- was a little bit disappointing but, but they're still winning games, and and the thing is, you just got to kind of survive your way through. And if they catch St. Mary's napping, they can win. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't anticipate that, but that's a uh, you know that that's going to be the game that'll determine the um, that'll determine the, the 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 Western Pacific Conference. And it would be it would if if St. Mary's beat Cal. And and then and then Central Washington beat St. Mary's, and you can throw this whole thing into a tailspin. So there'd be there'd be a little bit of crazy. If St. Mary's beats Cal, Central Washington, I don't think will beat St. Mary's. But Tim O'Brien said to me, he's like, you know, we've played St. Mary, we've played Cal Berkeley, I think fourteen times since him and Johnny have been coaching. I think the average score is fifty-six to fourteen. So. So that you know, I mean, yeah. Well, what what we remember is the is the one close game. We we remember the one we remember the one close game from a couple of years ago in the semifinal because that's fun to it's it's fun to remember because that's the way we 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 generate a little drama and say hey don't forget that this happened but you know that that of course 
that's what they're doing in Berkeley as well is saying don't forget that these guys can sneak up on you. I think that the Central Washington deal, uh, don't forget UC Davis, while they haven't been doing particularly well, they've suffered an awful lot of injuries. And I think if they, they, they got some of those guys back, they just just helped them come together a little bit better and play a little bit more hard-nosed. On the other end of the spectrum, we had BYU win 123-3 to against Wyoming. And, you know, we've watched BYU now roll thunder over just about everybody except for Utah. And, and really what that tells us per- partly is, you know, how, how great is Utah that they're able to, to keep BYU within, you know, within eyesight. But is this damaging for the league? Is it damaging for the teams to get blown out by that much? No. I, I think I made the statement. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week about how I think the, the big blowout in rugby is, is, over, is overblown. But, I mean, you know, big blowouts are going to happen. But let's, let's t- say Wyoming. Does it damage the team? I'll address that question first. Where's Wyoming if they're not in the college premier division? They're playing in the West-North, okay? So they're playing Colorado College. They're playing, uh, who else is in there? I mean, Denver. Denver, Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado. I mean, yeah. Wyoming is probably putting up some pretty big wins against some of those teams. Um, you know, I don't know that they benefit any any more of being in that league than they do where they are now because they're going to get competitive games against Colorado State, Colorado, Air Force, games where their kids are going to get to play and really be competitive and maybe not – as competitive this year as they'd like to be, but I think they're closer to being in that lump of group of the, with those teams than they are of, of being in the same league with with uh, Northern Colorado and, and, and Denver and, and, and New Mexico. Is it bad for the league? I think people just have to realize that these blowouts are going to happen. They happen in other sports. And, and this isn't, as I said, 123 points in rugby is not 123 in football. It's just not the same. You can't run the clock out. You can't stack the box if you're on defense. Uh, you can't kneel the ball. I... I, I... Alex, I mean, you had a very interesting comment about what what you thought of these. I think you should share it with the listeners because it was it, it made made a lot of sense. Well, I just think that for the most part, when we have some of these really big blowouts for the 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 teams that think of themselves as as having some ability, is those blowouts happen in the playoffs? That somebody you know. They win or they come second in their region. They go and they end up playing Cal or BYU and they lose, uh, you know, 95 to 7. And that's the end of their season. They walk away thinking, you know, well, that's it. We just, Well, how would you do? Well, we got, we got slammed by Cal at the end and we went home. So even though you learn something from it, you don't get to apply it until next season. Now, every time a team comes in and gets whacked by a, a really good team in this premier division, they get next week. They've got another tough game to play. It's not just the culmination of their season. So I think that while the lessons can be hard and learning and applying the lessons can be difficult, at least they get the opportunity to do it. And you don't get a a senior, say, playing his final game and he finally something clicks and he says, you know, know, I'd love to have another shot at those guys and maybe we wouldn't beat them, but we would do a lot better because I learned this. Well, they can do that now. Yeah, and I I also think that Hey, in, in starting the league, and 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 it, you know, it basically just got put together by a bunch of guys who who wanted to make it happen. I think in starting the league, it was good, but they, just because they started a league didn't mean 
that teams were going to get 50 points better against Cal or get 70 points better against BYU or get, you know, 25 points better against Army. It just wasn't going to happen that way. So the great teams were still going to be great. What it has done is it's given some of the middle-of-the-road teams, some of those teams that were Sweet 16 teams or, or bubble Sweet 16 teams, and they're playing difficult games week in and week out. And while perhaps they're not necessarily ready to do that as well as maybe they wanted to, I think that what ha- what they'll do is they'll learn what it takes to be excellent week in and week out. They'll learn what it takes to be consistent. They'll also learn the importance of having a lot of depth and developing, grooming, and and bringing that depth along. And I think in doing that, that these games will start to tighten up because you are seeing games A and M and N D thirteen to seven. You know, Army and Dartmouth thirty two to twenty three. You know, Tennessee and Oklahoma thirty seven twenty three. Those aren't absolute blowout matches. And and you know, you're seeing you know, uh, uh, essentially an upset in thirty six fifteen um, Air Force over Colorado. So what you're seeing is this. I think that this league is extremely beneficial to college rugby. I think it's extremely beneficial to these programs. They're not going to be Cal. They're not going to be BYU. They're not going to be St. Mary's, Army, Navy, and, and, and even Penn State. Like, they're not going to turn into those teams immediately. But over the course of a few years, when the coaches and the players understand what it takes to be able to play with a level of consistency week in and week out and be strong and fit enough to do it – it you know it had to start somewhere you know the the journey starts with the first step this is the first step there are some teams who have risen to the occasion right i mean who's going to say arizona state isn't a markedly better program now than we would have considered them a year ago same about notre dame some of these schools have looked at it, what it took and they made a pretty good estimate of it and some of those results are showing i mean oklahoma is considerably better i think this year than a lot of people would have given them credit for last year when I talked to Craig Coast before their game this weekend, hey, talking to him about Notre Dame, I said, are you surprised with how good Notre Dame or the fact that they are or, or, or the fact that they would be able to go down and beat LSU? And he says, no. He says, I think some of these programs looked at what they were undertaking, and they really put a lot of time, effort, and training and did all the due diligence that they had to do. And it's showing on the field for some of them, Notre Dame and, and Arizona being the two biggest examples of that. And some of the programs looked at the Premier Division and said, you know what, we have to go in. We have to say that we're in it, even though we know we're not really competitive this year because it's starting now. Uh, you know, Wyoming is a, is a case of that. They knew that it was going to be hard for them. And I think, you know, if you sat privately down with the, the coaching staff at Wyoming and said, well, well what, what do you think it's going to be like against BYU? They, they probably would have said, I think we're going to get uh, uh, our heads handed to us. But we're going to have to – we have to start somewhere to say to, – to, like you said, like we all said, teach the players what the standard is and where to go from here. I, I, also, I, I also think that every single team in the division or every single team in, in the premier division is – every single team has stepped up and made themselves better. I don't I'm not doubting that. What I'm saying is that they still in many cases either don't have the players or don't have the, you know, that the players didn't have the dedication or whatever 
to get themselves to the level that they know they have to be to play consistently tough week in and week out and be a difficult opponent. Not everybody's going to be a Cal and a BYU, but you always want to be a difficult opponent and leave yourself with a puncher's chance at the end of the game. And 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 in that case, that that's what I'm saying. And I think that when the coaches understand how important quality recruitment is and how important quality high school rugby programs in the local areas are, quality youth programs are, then we're going to start to see this really take off. That's all that what I'm saying is, yes, all the teams have gotten better, but they're going to even get better and better and better as they step up to the plate and say, hey, I'm not going to sit here and get my head handed to me every freaking week. I'm going to, you know, even if you're four and three or even if you're five and two or, or three and four, you could be a tough game at three and four. Another thing about recruitment is that not only you have to have good recruitment, of course you have to have good recruitment, absolutely, but you have to have constant recruitment. And I I think it's just kind of frustrating to hear uh, teams talk about how they, you know, they they had a good team last year and now it's a little bit different. You can't rest on your laurels. If you have a great sophomore class and you know you're going to have these great players for two or three years, uh, going forward, you still have to start recruiting to get more players on the team. And if you have, and if you have a great team and you know that they're seniors, well, you should have been working at it. And uh, I guess the, the the thing that I see frustrating in the club game as well as in the college game is is coaches or whoever's in charge of recruiting coast through a couple of years where they don't really recruit and then suddenly there are a couple of injuries and somebody else something happens to someone else and suddenly they look around and they don't have any players did you not know that there's a there's a cycle on a college team and they're going to go you need that constant recruitment i think i think that goes back to resources i mean how many of these programs have staffs of seven or eight or five or six or how many how many guys are on staff at cal how many how many of these programs have that number not very many some of these programs are one guy. You know, who, who, how many does Rich Cortez really have in Wyoming that are helping him? Nobody. You know? yeah. Right. He's got nobody. No and, and, and not to bash Rich, but look, he's doing the best he can with what he has. And so recruiting is, is obviously very important, but having the resources to actually be able to recruit is, <laughs> I think that having the bullets in the gun and having the gun are two different things. There's resources in terms of going out to high school games and, and doing all that work and talking to players and things like that. But there's also resources in terms of having just just doing what you did last year or getting your players behind you to do some stuff. That, you know, the, the old stuff about let's get that desk up at the, the activities uh, you know, on, on activities day or something like that. Just something. It takes effort. I mean we could, we could talk until we're blue. It takes effort, and and you don't have to have, you don't. Everybody doesn't have to be a great coach who's on your coaching staff. Some guys are just good recruiters. Some guys just want to learn how to coach, and you got to help them along. So you got to bring them in, and they turn in and they bring two or three guys that they played with, and other guys, you know, you got to keep in contact with the high school programs. You get, and, and I and I, it is difficult to recruit, but at the end of the day, it's the most important thing you do. You can't win without horses. As Casey Stengel said, when they, when they asked Casey Stengel, hey, man, you've been managing in the major leagues for 25 years. 
Now all of a sudden in 1949, you win your first uh, World Series. What happened? He goes, I don't know. I had this guy Joe DiMaggio. I put him in center field and everything seemed to work out. You have to have the horses in order to win. You, you have to coach them, but you got to have them. No, you can't win without horses. Coming up this weekend, we've got, uh, you know, I, I want to go around the, the conferences, first of all, and, and ask guys uh, real quick, yes or no, a very short uh, response on, on what you think on this. Rugby East, Navy and Army are 3-0. and Delaware and Penn State uh, are 2-1. and uh, We'll start with, with Bruce real quick, and then Pat. Um, is it is it done? Is it over and done with now? Is it Navy and Army, and then the rest? No way, no way. That's still wide open. That's still wide open. No way. The Navy has Navy has an has an enormous amount of uh, many difficult games that they have to get through, as does Army. That that is not a done deal. No way. Navy has earned all of the respect in the world, but no way. Pat. Uh, well, I wanted to pull it up and, and have the schedule in front of me here, but you no, know, it's it, it, there's it's not done yet, um, and you know I don't think it's remotely done for Army either. Navy has earned it, and I, I've said it before, and I pointed to it. I'll point to it again. Navy played within what was it within two scores of uh, life in the preseason, two weeks before the get the whole season got started. Navy's a legit team. Um, and they're very good, and I, and I I liked Mike Flanagan's comments. This isn't your mother's Navy, so I do think Navy's very good, but I think Kutztown's very good, and I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't we did this whole show without talking about how the Kutztown almost put seventy points on Ohio State, uh, thirty three points uh, scored by Tim Acker, their fly half. He's a very fantastic player, and we, Alex, you probably saw him as well as I did in Vegas playing sevens for Kutztown. But in, in Kutztown's they got three points when they're two losses. They have seven points and they're one and two. They actually There's have no they, that... they actually have eight now because they eight, got the bonus. Right. They've, okay. got eight, they've got eight, so they've got they've got two wins worth of points with one win. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's remarkable how close this league is, and, and I, I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all see uh, one or two teams jump up and scalp Army and or Navy. Navy plays Kutztown this weekend. Dartmouth Rutgers. Penn State, Ohio State, so the Navy cuts down game, really one to notice. In Mid-South, same thing. Life in Arkansas State and then the rest? Absolutely. Yeah. Notre Dame might be able to hold, hold them within 20 to 30 points when they play either one of those teams on a good day. But, uh, yeah, I think it's absolutely Arkansas State and life and then the rest. Bruce, you think so? Life in Arkansas State, absolutely no doubt. Uh, and West, BYU and Utah? Or is there still doubt? There's no doubt. They've beaten Arizona and Arizona State. Uh, Utah has the two best teams in the, in the conference. You know, Air Force, the way they beat Colorado was impressive, but it, it wasn't all that far off from the way uh, uh, Arizona State beat Colorado. Um, so Air Force might might surprise us all and go up and bite them, but Arizona and Arizona State, I think, are, are kind of, uh, uh, you know, they're out of the running. I think it's gotta be it's going to be Air Force or it's going to be nobody. When, when it really comes down to it, Utah, BYU, no doubt. Uh, Utah plays Colorado, BYU plays Arizona. So really, in a, if there's any doubt at all, Arizona has to do something special against BYU, and BYU has just looked absolutely unstoppable, uh, and they've got about 30 unstoppable players, so that's uh, pretty impressive. And uh, in the Pacific, 
we've already talked about it a little bit. Uh, Cal, Cal is dominant and uh, won two games this weekend. They're averaging 81 points a game. And then St. Mary's is 4-0 and Central Washington 3-1. So, so it looks like with Cal and St. Mary's playing this week and then St. Mary's and Central Washington the week after that. If, if, if there's any question... Right, it, it's it, the only question, guys, is can Central Washington beat St. Mary's? They've already lost to Cal. Can they beat St. Mary's and jump into that no. spot? As I said last week, maybe if St. Mary's gets into a bus accident. I think that it's uh, going to be a lot closer than Bruce thinks. Yeah. Uh, maybe not as close as Alex thinks. I think it could be somewhere in there. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't shock me if it wouldn't shock me if Central Washington won. Um, would I be surprised? Certainly, but I wouldn't be knocked out of my chair. And it takes a lot to knock me out of my chair, but I certainly wouldn't be knocked out of my chair if that happened. Depends. On, wait a second. It depends on how. It depends on how sturdy the chair is. <laughs> That's true. I have put some chairs down on my time. Are 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 you sitting in one of those white resin? This chairs? one's like wrought iron. It's solid. The one I'm in right now. Okay, that's that's good. That's good. I, mine is um, carved. Uh, is actually constructed out of the skulls of my enemies. Do I have a target on my head? <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. How big is your head? Because it, it has to match the the skull that's on the armrest on the right. Football helmet was a seven and seven eighths. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to fit. Uh, this weekend, uh, St. Mary's against Cal, and the thing about the, the Central Washington issue is that Central Washington doesn't play at all. So the question is, is uh, St. Mary's going to get beat up against Cal, and then they go up to Ellensburg, and they're not feeling their best? Or is Central Washington going to be out of momentum and out of kilter and, and, uh, and a little bit rusty? We don't know. That's why we play the game. Uh, guys, that's going to be it for the, for the show. We had... Uh, uh, hope to get Todd Bell on the show and um, haven't been able to, to uh, reach him yet, but we will we will try to get him on for next week and uh, talk a little bit more about college stuff and also uh, Division One and 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 other aspects. And we'll also be uh, closing in next week on the women's playoff picture and and whether really there whether anybody can beat Penn State. So can I get a couple shout outs real quick. Yes, shout out to Sanford, Kansas State. Uh, both of them uh, and UCSB, all three of them uh, secured their bid to the D1 Sweet 16. And also check out our Facebook and Twitter. Twitter, at Rugby Magazine, Rugby underscore Magazine. Follow us on Saturdays, and you'll get all the scores on live on your phone. All right, perfect. Pat Clifton, Bruce McLean, uh, thank you very much. And this is Alex Goff from Rugby Magazine and RugbyMag.com saying thanks for listening. This is Rugby Matrix America College Edition.